Welcome to the award-winning Doing Customer Experience Right podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Sherman, a professional global speaker and CX expert. This show is about action over theory, focusing on applying proven strategies to deepen customer relationships and increase loyalty as your competitive advantage. Besides achieving better human and business outcomes, each episode aims to elevate your professional and personal growth too. To continue learning, please subscribe to my newsletter at doingcxright.com. Today, I'm thrilled to have Brian Adams with us, a trailblazer in employer branding and a best-selling author known for disrupting the status quo to achieve remarkable outcomes. We're diving into a critical issue facing businesses today. That's how to attract and retain top talent, a key to delivering unparalleled customer excellence. You're going to hear innovative strategies for crafting candidate experiences that not only foster trust and loyalty, but are rooted in his transformative give and get principles. Curious about what this means and the secret formula for securing and maintaining a loyal workforce? Continue listening for answers about this and much more. Now, let's get on with the show. Hello, Brian Adams. Welcome to the Doing CX Right Show. Hi, Stacey. Thanks for having me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. I am excited to talk to you today, and not just because your name is Brian Adams, a great rock star, but also (laughs) because you are a star in your own way. Please tell my audience, who are you? What do you do for a living? So I'm... um... The CEO and founder of PH Creative. We're a specialist employer branding agency, which means we work with global brands to help them find and remind top talent why they're a great place to work. Mm, That is definitely needed. Before we dig deep into that, I want to ask two fun facts. One is, what is something that people might not know about you? Um. So I really enjoy public speaking these days, uh, but there was a time where I had a debilitating fear. So to overcome that, I did a six-week stand-up comedy course, which was really, really intense, Um, but it it was life-changing, actually. That's a great way to get into public speaking with fear and excitement all at the same time. (laughs) Will you continue comedy? Um, I did for a little while, um, but it, it, it's safe to say it did its job with nerves and confidence. Uh, but I, it's also safe to say that I don't think I've got a career in stand-up comedy. Okay. What would you tell your younger 20-year-old self if you could go back in time based on what you know now that you didn't know then? I think, I think everything good in my career really started to accelerate and come together once we made the brave decision at the time to, to focus in on a niche and start to say no to 80% of things and really dive deep into one small area. You know, so the, the idea of doing less better is certainly true for, for my career. And I guess that and think and plan way bigger than, than initially. Mm. For a number of years early on in my career, I was held back by limiting beliefs. Mm. Yes, that could be a topic all in itself today. So speaking of beliefs, doing CX right, doing customer experience right, what does that mean to you? It's funny because when you say CX, I immediately think of candidate experience. We focus a lot on 
experience by design from that perspective. But we always see the knock-on effects and the connectivity between happy people inside an organization and what that does for a customer experience. But I think the approach of mapping and designing a great experience, for me, it needs to be conducive in moving the organization forward. So I think I would say it's about really understanding how to get a business outcome while offering an experience that your audience responds really well to. Mm. You said earlier about limiting beliefs. Do you believe that people have limiting beliefs when it comes to customer experience, candidate experience? I think all too often, it's innately natural. We see this all the time. We accept or even plan for average experience. You know, one of the best workshop exercises that we do regularly is we challenge our clients, our audiences to, okay, think crazy. Like, what does the world's greatest experience for your customers and candidates look like? Let's start there. You know, go from the sublime to the ridiculous. And some of the things that they come up with, with without those constraints of uh, normal thinking, end up actually being the goal. You know, so I think to your point, it, it definitely is. Sometimes you think, well, well, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we create an experience that makes you famous? Or, you know, when we worked with um, Virgin a number of years ago, we actually changed the brief from how do we create a positive experience to how do we enrich the lives of our audience such that mm-hmm. it's it's better having had the experience. And it really pushed the the bar way past the normal brief of what we were, what we were just trying to achieve initially. And that created some real exceptional results. Yeah, there's a lot around the NPS 2.0, 3.0, I don't even know where it is, but yes, uh, improving lives, impact on lives. It's really getting deep to that, which is what you're talking about. Uh, I had Fred uh, from Bain and a couple guys there come on my show and really talking about that shift mm-hmm. much more than just would you recommend or refer. And it is making the impact and measuring that. I want to talk about your give and get philosophy. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what does that mean and who's doing it right? Yeah, great question. So I'm happy to say that there's there's quite a lot of global brands that have embraced the, the give and get philosophy now. Uh, it's 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 a proven sort of um, approach to employer branding. But essentially, I've been in I've been in this sort of business for 20 years now, um, which makes me feel old. But the conventional approach was to broadcast the strengths, the benefits, and the opportunities of an organization. And what we found was, if you're a little bit more transparent and you lean into the harsh realities and the the adversities of an employee experience, what that immediately did is polarize the audience. So some people would immediately count themselves out, but some people would lean in with more intrigue and, and interest because they were inspired by the challenge of of what we're talking about. So. 
by actually trying to repel most of the audience, what we found is you can then compel a small segment of that audience. And of course, they end up being the greatest uh, employees who find a great match for an organization that they can thrive within. Again, there's, there's so many parallels and similarities from a, a customer perspective. Repel and compel. When intentionally done, I can see the magic and the power. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because there's so many silos in companies that they unintentionally repel and drive further and further <laughs> away. Oh, well, it's got to be, it's experienced by design, right? You know, it's got to be for, yes. for, the, right, for the right reasons. You know, when we're designing a, a candidate experience, you know, and looking at how to get more referrals or how to make it more um, frictionless and positive and all, all of those things, we always look at, okay, so how are we making people feel? What are they thinking and what's the memorable moment at, at every step? Now, they, they need to be intentional. If you're being held back and there's frustration by technology or we have a poorly trained manager, or you know, those are examples of turning people away for the wrong reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of moving parts. But if, if you can find the, the red thread throughout an organization, the, you know, if, you, if you ask people why they're passionate and proud of, of the company, what you'll find is you'll very quickly get to a harsh reality or something that they've had to overcome or something that they manage whilst thriving. And those are the types of things that we want to really uncover and and get to and use to polarize the audience. So people listening, they, they hear the words give and get philosophy. It sounds intuitive. Sounds basic, but yet it's not done enough. So can you give an example of a brand that really didn't do it intentionally or tried to do it, didn't do it right? And then how did your philosophy and what you write about, like what are some of the actionable things that they can expect to happen when you do it right? Kind of what does before and after look like? Mm, so that's a, that's a good question. If you think about the likes of Amazon, they have a very distinct reputation as an employer. Now, it's not known as the most warm and fuzzy place to work by any means. They don't trade on how it feels to be part of their culture. But it is common knowledge that if you can survive there for two years, the market sees you as incredibly more employable than before because it's a tough mm-hmm. place to be. And if you can thrive there, then you know, it's kind of like the, um, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere kind of thing. I was thinking that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. New, go New York. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so, so they have a very distinct reputation that repels a lot of people. But it also compels people who are career ambitious. And, and you know, the, the, the takeaway there is Amazon is a career catalyst. It's a place to accelerate your career. Now, one of my favorite, almost sort of uh, polar opposite examples of that is a, a client of ours we've worked with for many years, V Corp, who they own the brand, the brands Vans, the North Face, Timberland, Supreme. Um, amazing organization. We went on a journey with them. They were trying to be a little bit more um, performance-led. What we found is throughout all of our research, we were really suspicious because 
we thought they were just giving us their nicest people to interview and, and to deal with through the research. It just turns out they have a culture of just really, really nice people. I don't know whether it's something about the sort of um, the Carolinas of just, you know, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. Lovely people, thousands of them in this one, in one place. And actually the biggest thing that was holding them back is they were so nice. There was a culture of being a, afraid of giving feedback and holding people accountable and all of these mm. things. So it was actually prohibiting performance. So, and through the research, the global research we found, it wasn't evidence-based, it was the gap. Everybody said, look, there is a gap here. There is a need for what we, what we called then uh, radical candor. So by introducing that to the employer brand and giving permission to what we call instill compassionate accountability. It was a game changer for that global organization and just one of the, the strands that really then allowed the entire management force and the organization to pull in the same direction, hold people more accountable with compassion and drive the performance of the organization forward. Mm. Now you talk about compassion, you talk about feelings, you talk about giving and getting and these human experiences. Mm -hmm. We also know that we are merging with the robots. We are merging <laughs> with emerging technology and things that we know of and things that we don't even know have arrived yet. So where does the give and get philosophy come into play as technology is at the forefront of many places? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think at first glance, you think, oh, you know, the focus needs to be on technology. But actually, if you think about it, um, with AI, it's the great leveler, whereas just a few years ago, if you had technology innovation, it was a competitive advantage. Actually, what's just happened is the whole world has been leveled up. And, and now technology is more like a utility. So, you know, technology isn't going to take your job, but maybe people who embrace and understand technology, like they might. And, and that's possibly a great way of saying people have never been more important to an organization than right now. So I think now that technology has been commoditized, there's a very strong argument to say that people, whether they are great people, top talent, are the only competitive advantage left in business, full stop, the end. So your employer brand and your ability to repel the many and compel the few has never been more important. It's also never been harder either um, because the talent market is more congested, more competitive, more sophisticated. You know, so finding and keeping hold of great talent is, is, is the edge most organizations are now embarking on looking for. So an area that this high attrition is so obvious is customer service call mm -hmm. center agents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess the question is, do you teach give and get philosophy? Is that something that like empathy you have to teach? Is it something you're just born with? Like a singer can sing? <laughs> yeah, how do you really bring that to, a, to stop the attrition? Yeah, so what's interesting is, you know, our our vision is everybody loves their job, um, you know, and we want to work with the, the world's largest employers, and, and we have done, 
to impact as many people as possible. And we do that without the majority of the employees ever hearing the words employer brand. You know, and that's not the way it should be. But what we do bring is a clarity and confidence of what's the deal? What do you expect from me in order to get the salary, the benefits, and this, that, and the other? And why should I care? You know, um, so what we're doing is we're setting very clear guardrails around how to thrive in your environment. And that might mean, hey, sometimes you're going to have to work long hours. And you know what? During those long hours, you're going to deal with people who are not going to be really nice to you at first at all. And the, the challenge that they have is very important to them and it's high stress. However, if you can talk those people down from the ledge and you can help them, we're literally putting our reputation in your hands. The difference you can make is considerable. And we recognize the situation you're in. So we're going to be flexible in, in this way and in this way and in this way. And that's a, that's a, a very off the top of my head example of what the give and get might be. Um, obviously, you need to understand what it needs to be to move the organization forward and retain great talent. But just by having that level of clarity tends to make people appreciate the organization. They know where they stand and also make great career decisions because it, very quickly you can assess, well, this, this isn't the give and get for me. But actually the best candidate experience you can offer somebody is enough information not to apply in the first place, you know, because otherwise it, it, it takes up a lot of your time and theirs and doesn't, and doesn't end particularly well. So what we're trying to get to is rather than a magnet to attract people, we're trying to create a smart filter that satisfies what people want and, and what's best for the company. So I want to connect the dots here for listeners because what you're talking about is when the workforce, the people, I don't care if they're employees, they're contractors, freelancers, interns, gig workers from home, whatever that is, the point of the story is that when you allow them to give and get value, the customer feels it. I mean. They, they have to be able to give value to the customer, to be able to go up and beyond and empowered to do it. Is that what you're also saying? 100%. You know, we've worked with so many brands that do have call centers with high attrition and, you know, so and so forth. And one of the biggest ways to achieve exactly what you've just said, Stacey, is to empower the workforce and make them feel just how important the work that they're doing really is, the impact it makes. But be very clear with the guardrails of what they're able to do from an accountability yeah. and authority perspective. And if they, if they are dealing with every customer, like they own the business and they're setting out to do right by the person on the other end of the phone, then, then your brand and the reputation that you're cultivating at scale is in such good hands. It's, it's so much more protected and it, it's an incredible, powerful weapon to wield in the, in the right hands. Yeah, and we could spend an hour on the topic of what I'm just going to say now, but we're not going to go deep. <laughs> However, I'm going to say it because it really hits my heart, which is the exit of candidates and how poorly it's done mm -hmm. and what a mistake that is because when you let your employees and staff go, 
They remember it. They might be a customer of your brand and they certainly are going to tell others about their experience with your brand and that can really tarnish it. Oh, it's, it, Stacey, it's such a good point. When we worked with Virgin, 18% of the candidates um, were customers and they were actually losing $6 million a year in customer revenue because of the poor candidate experience. And they didn't know that at the oh. time. So, so the crossover is... It's been it's been proven and it, it's so tangible. So I, I couldn't agree with with what you just said anymore. Absolutely. And I I want to shout this out to the world because a lot of my friends are getting let go. I was part of a massive downsizing as well in my career, and it just should not be done the way it is. So cold because as you just showed that they might be your customer. So don't. Don't just, don't forget that part of the employee journey. Never mind the customer journey. Um, all right, rapid fire here because we're getting to the end. It went, it went way too fast as usual. So if I had a ton of CEOs and leaders in my room right now, entrepreneurs, managers, what is the one thing you want them to take away today? I think it I think it is to look at the current business strategy in a potentially AI obsessed time and just reassess how you are planning to to find and retire find and remind your top talent because I, I think in this tech obsessed time people are the only competitive advantage left and if you have a well-honed intentional strategy to carve the the reputation as an employer in this marketplace, I think that's what's going to serve you best over the next 10 years. Mm, love that. And leadership. What is the best leadership advice you've been given or you've given to somebody else that stands out? I, I think it's leadership by being a champion and a supporter of your people. Um, you know, mm -hmm. give them what they need to be successful. Be supportive and generous with time and, and, then, and then get out their way. Allow them to do what they're there to do. Um, you know, and I, I guess I also come back to the, the idea of compassionate accountability. And I think it's striking that balance, you know, by the, the goal of great leadership for me is to try and, build human connection whilst getting the business results, which is a, a, a difficult thing to balance. Mm. And what's next for Brian Adams? Oh, um, 2024 is going to be a big year, actually. I'm, I'm working on my third book, which will be out. It'll be ready in June. I've got a publisher deadline, which I'm not stressed about at all. Um, hopefully the book will be out in um, September. Uh, I'm focusing on our employer brand learning courses at the moment, which are um, two to three week sprints, which I'm really excited about. And then Happy Dance is our latest sub-brand, which is a careers website technology, which is a game changer in our space at the moment, focused um, more or less primarily on a greater candidate experience. Mm. Well, I'm so glad you were here today. I want people to understand that these are absolutely closely linked, that if you don't have a good candidate experience early 
in your hiring journey all the way to the end. And even when you have to let people go, if that is not excellent and designed intentionally, your customers are going to feel it. They're going to see it. And guess what? You're not going to have any customers. <laughs> so they're they absolutely go hand in hand. And I'm really glad that we together can demonstrate that point today. And I'll include all of your information in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And thank you for the gift of you. Thanks, Stacey. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for joining today. I hope you will apply the lesson shared and also requesting if you would leave a review on Apple, it would mean a lot. Head over to doingcxright.com to learn more ways to connect with me and improve your CX. Until next time, I'm Stacy Sherman, Doing CX Right.